section ten of the three lieutenants this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the three lieutenants by william henry giles kingston chapter eight part two man lost dangerous position of corvette the frigate prepared weathers the hurricane anxiety about the corvette the frigate searched for her before long the carpenter returned his countenance showing the anxiety he vainly endeavoured to conceal there are more leaks than one sir through which the water is rushing in like a mill sluice and it's more than man can do to stop them from within board he said coming aft to the commander you'll pardon me sir but it's my duty to say that unless we heave the guns overboard with everything else to lighten the ship and can get a sail under her bottom she'll founder before the world is many minutes older very well mr auger i'll consider what you say answered commander babacum who though obstinate and irritable under ordinary circumstances was cool enough in moments of danger murray who had been below confirmed the carpenter's report the boatswain was ordered to get a sail up and prepare it as proposed while the drummer beat to quarters gladly would the crew have mustered had it been to meet an enemy but it was to perform a task the most painful of all to a man-of-war's man and one of no small danger heave the guns overboard shouted the commander watch the right time now as the dismasted ship rolled in the foaming seas raging around her first the guns on one side were allowed to slip through the ports then those on the other went plunging into the deep the anchors were next cut away from the bows and now the attempt was made to get the thrum sail under the ship's bottom it seemed well nigh hopeless with the ship rolling and the heavy seas breaking over her murray and the other officers laid as hard as any one setting an example by their energy and courage to the men dispirited by the loss of so many of their shipmates two hawsers were at length got under the ship's bottom when the sail filled with oakum was hauled over the part where the worst leaks were supposed to exist still the water rushed in the efforts of the hands at the pumps were redoubled and anxious eyes were turned towards the frigate which could still be dimly seen to leeward but too far off to render them any assistance should the sea overcome all their efforts and carry the ship to the bottom that this would be her fate before long seemed too probable the bulwarks in many places had been crushed in the boat stove or carried away scarcely a spare spar remained everything on deck had been swept off it indeed it seemed a wonder that she should still be afloat a short jury-mast was got up fixed to the stump of the foremast and a spare royal was bent to a yard and hoisted in the hopes of getting the ship before the wind but scarcely had the sail been sheeted home before it had produced the slightest effect than away went the canvas mast and spar to leeward a second attempt to set a sail was made with similar want of success and now not an available spar remained on which another could be hoisted 
spell ho was cried more frequently than at first as the exhausted hands at the pumps summoned their shipmates to relieve them when they staggered to the stumps of the masts or the remaining stanchions and bulwarks to which they clung to save themselves from being borne away by the wild surges as they broke on board thus the disastrous day wore on to be followed by a still more fearful night even the most hopeful had no expectation of seeing another sunrise as the increasing darkness told them that it had sunk into the storm-tossed ocean alec murray had endeavoured to maintain that calmness of mind one of the characteristics for which he was noted thought however was busy he like the rest believed that ere long the fierce waves would sweep over the foundering ship and his life with the lives of all on board would be brought to a close for who could hope to escape with not a boat remaining uninjured and scarcely a spar to afford support one thought however afforded him consolation the brig with his beloved stella on board had long ere this got well to the southward of the latitude the hurricane was likely to reach and she at all events would escape its fury earnestly he prayed that she might be protected from the many dangers she might have to encounter and though he knew she would mourn his loss that she might find comfort and be restored in time to happiness the rage of the hurricane was unabated a dreadful darkness settled down over the deep the only objects to be seen beyond the deck of the labouring ship being the black mountainous seas crested with hissing foam which rose up on either beam threatening every instant to overwhelm her in the meantime the frigate well prepared as she had been to encounter the first onslaught of the hurricane flew before it unharmed as she passed the corvette captain hemming seeing her perilous condition hailed promising to heave to if possible and lay by her but the wild uproar of the elements drowned his voice to bring the ship to the wind under the full force of the hurricane was indeed a difficult and dangerous operation which only the urgent necessity of the case rendered allowable the captain of the plantagenet was not the man to desert a consort in distress and notwithstanding the risk to be run he determined to make the attempt still some time elapsed before the trysails could be set and during it the frigate had run considerably to leeward of the corvette the ports were closed the hatches secured preventers stays set up every device indeed which good seamanship could suggest was adopted to provide for the safety of the ship the boats were secured by additional lashings as was everything that could be washed away on deck relieving tackles were also rove and four of the best hands were sent to the helm the crew were at their stations ready to carry out the intended operation all was ready but it was necessary to wait for an opportunity to avoid the fury of the mountain foam-crested billows rolling in quick succession across the ocean one of which striking her bows as she came up to the wind would have treated the proud frigate with little less ceremony than they would a mere cock-boat 
even during the fiercest gale there are spots on the surface of the sea which are less agitated than elsewhere while at times there comes a lull of the wind often the precursor however of a more furious blast for such a lull the captain waited it came helms a lee he shouted with a mighty struggle the frigate came to the wind the main and mizzen trysails were sheeted home the fore topsail was braced sharp up every one looked with anxiety towards the next huge sea which came roaring towards the frigate to observe how she would behave most gallantly she breasted it though its hissing crest burst over the bulwarks and came rushing furiously aft along the deck but the lee ports being opened the water made its way out again without committing any serious damage to bring the ship to the wind and heave to was one thing to beat her up to her hapless consort was another and that it was found impossible to do without the certainty of meeting with serious disaster in the attempt she would probably have missed stays and making a stern board would have gone down into the yawning gulf which the next passing sea would have left as it was though she rose buoyantly over most of the seas ever and anon the summit of one broke on board and all hands had to hold on fast to save themselves from being carried into the lee scuppers or washed overboard while at the same time it was evident that she must be making very considerable leeway and thus be drifting farther and farther from her consort jack and adair could not help feeling very anxious about the corvette for the sake of course of all on board but more especially on account of murray they had last seen her through a dense mass of spray with her masts gone and many of her crew struggling in the waves while the savage seas were breaking completely over her commander babbicome was very naturally not spoken of either by them or any one else in the most complimentary manner his stupid obstinacy has got his ship into this mess and as far as he is concerned he richly deserves it observed jack trying to catch a glimpse through his glass of the wreck as she rose in the far distance on the summit of a billow quickly again to disappear it's a sad fate for those poor fellows who have lost their lives and i am very much afraid that they will not be the only ones it's a question whether the corvette will weather out the hurricane i'm very much afraid that she will not said adair if there was a prospect of a boat living i would volunteer to board her and try and save some of the people the best man boat wouldn't live a minute in such a sea as this so there's no use thinking about it answered jack i've tried to persuade myself that it might be possible but i know it is not all we can hope is that should she go down poor alec may manage to get hold of a plank or spar or into one of the boats and that when the gale moderates we may pick him up there is but a poor chance of that i own i'll hope that the corvette won't go down said adair she is a new ship and unless abominably managed she ought to weather out the hurricane she ought to have been put before the wind by this time and have followed us and see she has not altered her position since she was dismasted said jack with a sigh poor alec poor alec and poor stella echoed adair night came on few of the watch below officers or men turned in for every one knew that at any moment all hands might be piped on deck to save ship
the hurricane continued to rage with unabated fury hour after hour went by without a sign of its ceasing the vivid lightning darted around the whole upper regions of the sky being illuminated by incessant flashes while darts of electric fire exploded with surpassing brilliancy in every direction threatening each instant the destruction of the ship jack and terence were standing together holding on to a stanchion when the latter gave a loud cry and some heavy object fell at their feet hello what's that exclaimed paddy as he put up his hand to his cap faith i thought a round shot had taken my head off catch it jack or it will be away what your head terence asked jack unable to restrain a joke even then no but that big bird there see it's scuttling away along the deck jack sprang forward and caught the bird which proved to be a large sea-fowl but he had not the heart to injure it presently another dropped on the deck near them and in a short time a flash of lightning spreading a bright glare around showed that the launch and booms and all the more sheltered spots were tenanted by sea-birds which unable to breast the storm could find no other resting-place for their weary wings some unfortunate ones were caught and carried captives below but the men generally showed compassion to the strangers and allowed them to enjoy such shelter as they could find undisturbed well i do hope that the hurricane is at its height observed jack as six bells in the middle watch were struck i doubt if the canvas will stand much more if it isn't it will be after blowing the ship herself clean out of the water answered adair we ought to be thankful that our sticks are sound and the rigging well set up yes cherry deserves full credit and we should give old scrofton his due for though his theories are nonsensical he is an excellent boatswain observed jack i am convinced that every accident on board a ship occurs from the carelessness and often from the culpable neglect of some one concerned in fitting her out or from bad seamanship while they were speaking there came a sudden lull of the wind and the lightning ceased leaving the ship enveloped in a blackness which could be felt the two lieutenants though close together could not even distinguish the outlines of each other's figures this is awful exclaimed adair jack felt that it was so but said nothing suddenly the whole heavens appeared ablaze with fiery meteors which fell in showers on every side look look mercy what can that be cried adair a mass of fire a globular form and deep red hue appeared high up in the sky when downward it fell perpendicularly not a cable's length from the ship it seemed assuming an elongated shape of dazzling whiteness ere it plunged hissing into the ocean we may be thankful that ball did not strike us observed jack it would have sent us to the bottom more certainly than fulton's torpedo or any similar invention could have done i hope that there are no others like it ready to fall on us said terence scarcely a minute had elapsed when the wind fell almost to a calm its strength being scarcely sufficient to steady the ship at the same moment the heavens seemed to open and shower down fire so numberless and rapid were the flashes of the most vivid lightning which played between the clouds and ocean filling the whole atmosphere with their brilliancy 
the captain had put his hand to his mouth to order more sail to be set when again the hurricane burst forth with renewed fury howling and shrieking as terence declared like ten legions of demons in the rigging while the mountain seas as they clashed with each other created a roar which almost overpowered the yelling voice of the hurricane for nearly an hour the hideous uproar continued until as if wearied by its last mighty effort the storm began evidently to abate although the darkness was even denser than before while the seas continued tumbling and rolling in so confused a manner that any attempt to steer the ship so as to avoid them would have been impossible daylight was looked for with anxiety by all on board to ascertain the fate of the corvette the captain eagerly waiting for the moment when he could venture to make sail that he might stand towards her just as the cold grey dawn broke over the leaden-tinted still tumbling ocean the wind shifted to the southward the light increased the eyes of all on deck were turned towards the spot where it was supposed the corvette would be seen in vain they looked she was nowhere visible a groan of disappointment escaped their breasts jack and adair hurried aloft with their glasses still in the hopes of discovering her they swept the whole horizon to the northward from east to west and every intermediate space but not a speck on the troubled waters could they discover which might prove to be the hull of the corvette poor alick poor alick they both again ejaculated and descended with sad hearts on deck the captain now gave the order to make sail and under her topsails and courses the frigate began to force her way amid the still rolling billows to the northward mr cherry and several of the other officers were speaking of the loss of the corvette as a certainty jack who could not bear the thought that murray was indeed gone declared that he still had some hopes of finding her above water i agree with rogers said the captain joining them we have made scarcely sufficient allowance for the distance the frigate has drifted during the hurricane though i allow that the corvette will have had a hard struggle for it and that it is too probable she has foundered yet as i think that there is a possibility of her being still afloat i intend to pass over every part of the sea to which she can have been driven or any boats or rafts escaping from her can have reached the remarks made by the captain considerably raised the spirits of jack and terence a lookout was sent to the masthead and they themselves frequently went aloft with their telescopes in the hopes of catching sight of the missing ship as the day advanced the light increased and the wind gradually fell to a moderate breeze the captain and mr cherry having been on deck during the whole night had turned in as had all who could do so jack had charge of the watch and terence remained with him a lump of something floating away on the starboard bow cried the lookout from aloft jack kept the ship towards it in a short time the object seen was discovered to be a tangled mass of spars and rigging evidently belonging to the corvette as the frigate passed close to it the figure of a seaman was perceived in its midst floating partly in the water and partly supported by a spar with his face turned upwards as if gazing at her several on board shouted but no voice replied no sign was made jack notwithstanding was about to shorten sail and heave the ship to that a boat might be lowered to rescue the man when the corpse for such it was turned slowly round 
and disappeared beneath the waves there goes poor bill dawson he was captain of the main-top aboard the tudor observed one of the men i knowed him well and a better fellow never stepped jack's heart sank as he saw the wreck of the corvette's masts surely they could not have floated to any distance from her and as she is not in sight she must have gone down he thought the sea was still too rough to attempt taking any of the spars on board so the frigate stood on as the captain had directed ten minutes or more passed by when again the lookout hailed the deck in a cheery voice a sail on the port bow the announcement raised the spirits of every one terence hurried aloft and a midshipman was sent to call the captain who quickly appeared i thought so he explained depend on it that is the tutor some time passed before terence returned on deck his report confirmed the captain's opinion he could clearly make out the hull with a small sail set forward the last reef was shaken out of the topsails the starboard studding sails were set and the frigate dashed after the corvette the news spread below the sleepers were awakened and all hands turned out the frigate speedily came up with the lately trim little ship now reduced to a mere battered hulk from her appearance it was surprising that she should be still afloat a mast and yard composed of numerous pieces had been rigged forward with a royal or some other small sail set on it the whole of the bulwarks on one side were stove in not a gun remained the boats were gone many of the crew lay about the deck exhausted with fatigue and scarcely able to raise themselves and utter a faint cheer as the frigate now shortening sail approached while the remainder were labouring hard at the pumps and by the gush of water flowing from the scuppers it was evident that they found it a hard matter to keep the ship afloat shorten sail commander babacom and i'll send you assistance for i see you require it shouted captain hemming with a touch of irony in his tone as the frigate ranged up alongside a hawser had been got ready and passed aft a long line secured to the end was hove on board the corvette and those who just before seemed scarcely able to stand on their feet hauling on it with right good will the hawser was passed forward and quickly secured in the meantime two boats had been lowered and fifty fresh hands sent from the frigate relieved the worn-out crew of the corvette adair had gone in charge of the men and murray was the first person he greeted on deck we had given you up for lost but thank heaven you are safe exclaimed terence as he warmly wrung his friend's hand it isn't the first time either that we've had cause to be frightened about each other's safety and for my part i intend in future should you or jack disappear never to despair of seeing you turn up again alive somewhere or other we have indeed been very mercifully preserved answered murray gravely but my dear adair unless we take the greatest care i very much doubt that the ship can be kept afloat till we reach port royal and he briefly told terence all that had occurred there was but little time however for conversation while most of the fresh hands went to the pumps the rest got up another sail which having been thrummed like the first was passed under the ship's bottom the result was satisfactory though the frigate was towing the corvette at the rate of four knots an hour instead of the leak increasing as had been feared 
would be the case the pumps rapidly gained on it higson with additional hands came on board the hatches were taken off and buckets being brought into play passed rapidly up from below by a line of men the depth of water in the hold was sensibly decreased the corvette in consequence towing the lighter poor commander babacum who looked as unhappy as a man could do went to his cabin and even murray with most of the officers was glad to turn in and leave the ship in charge of adair and fligson happily the wind remained fair and moderate and in three days the frigate and her battered consort came safely to an anchor in the magnificent harbour of port royal their arrival was officially notified to the admiral living at the pen above kingston and he shortly after coming down in his barge having inspected the ships ordered the corvette into dock to be repaired while he gave a gentle hint to commander babacombe that as he was not a good subject for resisting an attack of yellow fever it would be wise in him to return by the first opportunity to england End of chapter eight